Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Notice verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be Arab territory. I misread that, didn't I? It shall be Muslim territory. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Maybe this get put on the internet and get some folks upset because we're not going to be politically correct around here. Hallelujah. This verse, this is not the only verse. This is not the only verses. But this alone should let you know that nobody has the right to that land but Israel. The Arabs don't have right to it. Hallelujah. Israeli leaders that God raised up has got no business negotiating with Obama or anybody else over land for any kind of peace deal because that peace ain't going to work anyway. Hallelujah. It's non-negotiable. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what God said. If you go against this, you're going against Jehovah. You're going against Jehovah. Hallelujah. He said in verse 3 that every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Hallelujah. I stand with Israel over anybody, any country. I love the United States of America. I believe in this country. But the day this country goes against Israel, I go against this country. You hear that? I go against this country. If it goes against Israel, I go against this country. I will fight against this country on Israel's side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Lord, my Lord, hallelujah. God gave them land that they don't yet have. They ain't possessing all the land as of yet. From the wilderness of this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. Hallelujah. My, 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 do you know that sucks up? Hallelujah, amen. That sucks up Iraq, hallelujah. Glory to God, Amon, Jordan. Hallelujah, and they're raising Cain about the West Bank, man. This property goes on beyond the West Bank. Hallelujah. He said all the land of the Hittites 
and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Hallelujah. The one reason our country has been so great and we have been so blessed is because we have stood with Israel down through these years. Hallelujah. Listen, look at verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, and he's talking to Joshua now. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, again he says, Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I Have I not commanded you? Again he says, be strong and have good courage. Do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Whoa, hallelujah. If God be for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah! Heavenly Father, as we come today, I'm thankful, Lord, that you chose me to declare your word. I know, Lord, that I have failed many times, mistakes along the way. But I make this commitment, Lord. I recommit as I have in my life and in the day that you called me. As much as lies within me, I'm going to stand on your word and preach thus saith your word. No matter, come what may, I'm asking you now, Lord, to speak to our hearts. Help us, God, to understand what you want us to know this day. And we'll give you the praise and the glory in the mighty, majestic name of Jesus. Let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. This first message today, taken from the book of Joshua, I've entitled this message, Courage obtains the promise. Courage obtains the promise. As I said, this is the beginning of a series of messages. 
about possessing the promise from the Old Testament book of Joshua. Joshua had been by the side of Moses throughout the 40 years of wilderness journey. And actually, he's one of only two of the original generation who came out of Egypt that lived to go through the land of promise. All the rest of that generation died in the wilderness. Think about that. Hallelujah. Think about that, Brother Kenneth, in relation to the question, and you was relating to Brother Bobby when I came in this morning. The Lord sent Moses down to get his people out of Egypt's bondage. And he brought them out with a mighty hand. They was delivered from Egypt, which is a type of sin in the world. They were, they don't know exactly, they were 70 Israelites that went down into Egypt some 430 years before. When Moses came to bring them out, they was but somewhere between one and a half million to two million strong that they had went from 70 people over 430 years. But out of all of those people that came out of Egypt, only two entered the land of promise. Two out of a million and a half. That's why the Bible says, and we talked about this on Wednesday not long ago, Woe to the man who thinks he stands lest he falls. Ain't nobody got a sure thing. Hallelujah. Down We've got to stand before God. We've got to walk by faith and not by sight because that is the only way you're going to make it. The Bible asks the question that if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Hallelujah. I don't really know if I want to consider myself a righteous man or not, but the Bible said if the righteous just scarcely be saved, where's that going to leave me? Hallelujah. If I get through, it's going to be by the grace of God and by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I should never think that I've got it made. Who was the other man beside Joshua that made it to the land of promise? How did you hear that? Joshua and Caleb. Now I'm going to get on my own, my own toes right now. How many of us use for a crutch? The thought, well, I'm getting, I'm getting a little bit older now. I'm not quite able, because of age, to do as much as I used to. I'm going to sit back and let some of the younger ones do it. After all, I'm not no spraying chicken no more. I'm past 60, I'm past 70, or whatever. Caleb, when they come out of the land of, Israel, uh, uh, land of Egypt, 
ready to go into the, uh, into the promised land. I, I'm, I'm going to, the Lord gave me this for a purpose. I'm, I'm going to take my time. If I, if, I, if I have to finish the rest of this message up tonight, we'll finish it up tonight, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach. Hallelujah. They come out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses. And then they sent, they got out to the edge of the land of promise. Only about a only about a 30-day journey. But yet they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. Why was that? Well, they sent out ten spies to spy out the land. Moses told them, says, go and let's check out the land that God told us that we're going to have. Just, you know, uh, to see if it's truly a land flowing with milk and honey. Those ten men's took out. And they were gone for 40 days. Looking over the land. They came back. Moses and all the people of Israel was wanting to hear their story, hear their report. Joshua was one of those ten spies, and so was a man by the name of Caleb. They said, what is it? Most of those other guys, they said, well, we got good news, but we got bad news. The good news is it is truly a land flowing with milk and honey. Man, the grapes over there, we, well, we had, man, it took two men to, to carry some of these big We brought some of them back. Let's take a look at here, man. said, man, the, the, the produce and the fruit of that land is something else. But, hallelujah, that's one reason that stopped the church and kept the church from going so far for God now. We got too many butts in the church. Hallelujah. Are you a sheep of God or are you a billy goat? Because billy goats are the only ones that got butts, butts people. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. But, but, man, they got giants in that land. They got some jokers over there seven, eight foot tall or taller. We like grasshoppers in our sight. There ain't no way we're going to be able to go over there and conquer that land. Mm-hmm. God got so upset with those men. Joshua and Caleb said, oh, come on. God is with us. We can make it. We can do it because God, if God is for us, who can be against us? Old Caleb saw a whole big mountain country territory. Uh, kind of put it in perspective. Man, would, you know all, all the territory in East Tennessee where uh, uh, the Smoky Mountains are and uh, across the other side there in the Carolinas, the Cherokee. Man, isn't, isn't that beautiful, that, those mountains? Isn't that beautiful? It would be lovely to own that piece of property, wouldn't it? Somewhere over there, Sister Susan Caleb spotted a mountain. And those mountains just looked at him just the way the Smoky Mountains looked at us. He told, he told Moses, he said, I want them mountains. He said, it's my inheritance. Hallelujah. 
Moses says, okay, Caleb, says, you and your, your, that would be you and your family's inheritance forever. Hallelujah. But them other guys, they hollered so much and they yelped. And they, they complained and they murmured and said, ain't no way, we'll, we'll be smushed. Amen, we, we can't do that. We can't do this and everything. God got so upset with them. He says, all right, he says, Moses, you tell that generation because they refused to believe me, because they would not listen to what I was trying to tell them. He said, you was gone for 40 days, and God said, I'm going to make you wonder one year for every day that you was out there. That makes 40 years that you're going to go around in circles in the desert. He said, until every last stinking one of you die and your carcasses run in the desert because you're not going to take part because you failed to believe me. And it happened just the way God said, except for Moses and Caleb. <laughs> Here they are 40 days later. All that other generation is gone. <laughs> Moses is even dead. He messed up. Hallelujah. Joshua was in charge. I'm getting ahead of myself and ahead of my messages, I know. But i got to say this, because what I told you, I says, for those of us who wants to use for a crutch that we may be getting a little too old and we can't do nothing, here come Caleb to Joshua. He said, listen. He said, I'm 86 years old now. He said, but I'm as strong as I was 40 years ago when Moses told me I could have that mountain. He said, I'm ready for war, and I'm ready for battle. He says, give me my mountain. Hallelujah! Give me my mountain! And that 86-year-old man had a sword in his hand, and he took his family. Hallelujah! And they got possession of that mountain because he let they walked in the promise of God. If you walk in the promise of God, you can't fail. You can't be defeated. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't walk in what the government says. Don't walk in what man says. Don't walk in what tradition says. You walk in the promises of God. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Man, I'm 40 miles away from my notes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You got a promise? Are you pregnant with a promise? Don't ever give up on it. Don't ever let it go. If God promises it, you're going to get it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When Jesus says it, as Brother Bobby says, that settles it for you, believe it or not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So there there was. A transition had taken place because Moses was dead. 
leaving Joshua in charge. And all the people was poised to cross over into the promised land. But God instructs Joshua three times. Three times in those scriptures I read to you, he tells him to be strong and of good courage. In fact, one of the times he said, be strong and very courageous. Verse 6, be strong and be of good courage. Hallelujah. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Over and over again, God commands Joshua and the children of Israel to be strong and take courage. Be of very courage. Why? Courage obtains the promise. If you don't have courage, you're never going to get your promise. If you're not strong in the Lord and the power of His mouth, you're not going to get nothing but victory. Hallelujah. But He can take courage. You can be an overcoming child of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I don't normally do this, but I pat myself on the back. That's good preaching, Sam. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Courage obtains the promise. What is, is exactly, what exactly is courage? That's good. That's good. I wish we had some men in Washington with backbone. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wish we had more preachers of the gospel with backbone. Hallelujah. To give you the technical lingo, I looked it up. Courage says the ability to face fear and act in the spite of it. Over and over again, you hear men that's been labeled heroes. I've heard them interview soldiers on the battlefield that went through heavy fighting to look and see buddies blown apart here, buddies blown apart there. I remember a guy I worked with talking about heavy artillery and fighting that was coming against them one time. And a good, fr good friend of his was with him ever since boot camp. They had over Whelming odds against him. He heard a noise. And he looked over about 30 yards to his right. And he had walked upon a bunch of uh, uh, the Viet Cong that 
came up out of seemingly nowhere. And he didn't know what, what it was that hit him, but started hitting him about right here in his gut. And it went all the way up. And he said, I seen my buddy just separate like that and fall back into the brush. Reporter said, What did you do? He said, I clocked it up and he said, and I started going forward. He said, You you mean you wasn't afraid? He said, Fear's got nothing to do with it. He said, Every man out there was afraid. Hallelujah. Courage is the ability to look fear in the face, but act anyway. I believe the reason why God wants me to tell, talk this message today is again another warning of what's fixing to come upon this nation and against this land. We're going to see things and we're going to witness things that's going to frighten us beyond belief. But God says, be strong and have good courage. Over and over. It don't mean that you ain't afraid, but you take courage in God and keep moving. Hallelujah. I remember reading... Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a history buff, and uh, I mean, I, I love history and everything, and, uh, and, uh, and studied especially a lot, of, a lot about the wars, wars and uh, on D-Day. Hey, glory to God. That was a generation of young men back then that we don't have today. Hallelujah. I concur with what many say that that was the last great generation. Man, those, those men hit those beaches of Normandy. Hallelujah. Amen. With all of that artillery and everything raining down upon them. Amen. And one guy, his, his sergeant turned around and looked. He said, man, we got, he says, we only got one choice. If we stay on this beach, he said, we're going to be ripped apart. He said, our only hope for survival is get up there. Hallelujah. And under all the fire, they moved forward and they kept advancing. The the waters turned red with blood around them, but they kept advancing. Hallelujah. God is taking this off in his church today. Hallelujah. He said, I don't want you holding the fort. God says, I'm tired of hearing some of you stand up and testify and then give it a prayer request. Oh, pray for me that I hold on. God says, I don't want none of my people just holding on. I tell you, you're not my will with you just trying to hold on. I want you to advance. I want you to go forward. There are souls going to hell. Don't try to hold the beach. Get up there and take the territory. Yeah, my boy. If the Supreme Court gives a ruling in favor of this gay marriage, there'll be a lot of churches in this country close their doors. Because it's going to take courage to stand amidst the opposition that we're going to face. Courage 
the ability to face fear and act in spite of it. I'm going to give you just one point, and I'm all right now, and I feel this in my spirit. I'm going to, if you want, if you want to get this message, you're going to have to be here tonight. I'm going, to, Lord willing, finish it tonight. But I'm going to leave you with this one thought, and I'm going to pick up from here this evening. And that one point is this. You've got to get your mind focused and understood that battles must be fought. Battles must be fought. Look at your neighbor and tell him that. The children of Israel had been given a promise from God that they would have a land flowing with milk and honey. But they didn't just get it handed to them on a silver platter. They had to fight for it. They had to fight for it. We live in a world today that everybody has got an attitude that I'm deserving. Give me. Hallelujah. It's an entitlement society. That's one reason why I've just about lost all hope in the future of this country, that one thing alone. Because we got too many people expecting a handout with nothing given in return. I get so upset with these so-called psychologists And know-it-alls, when you look, going all the way back from Katrina, and you see all the looting and people going in these stores, bringing, taking out big TVs and all this kind of stuff that's going on. <laughs> wow. We got to understand. We've created this. It's because of poverty. Killing, all the killing and, and the robbery and all that stuff. It's just because of the heavy conditions. Oh, really? I'm going to tell you what's the problem with our nation. It's a spiritual problem. It's a moral problem. I'm going to tell you something, not something that I read out of the book, but something that I know well about. 
because I'm my, my daddy brought me up telling me these stories. Back before there was any such thing as food stamps, back before there was any such thing as welfare, back before there was any kind of thing as social programs whatsoever in this nation, my father was a 13-year-old boy, the oldest one of seven other children, when his father suddenly, at 35 years old, died. My grandfather was pastor of a Baptist church in Arkansas. They, 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 the home place was in Dover, Tennessee. My grandfather loaded his wife and all those kids up and moved to Arkansas, close to where uh, Brother Swan is, just about 10 miles north of Jonesboro. The church is still standing. I went around and found it one time coming back from Hot Springs. I found the church that my grandfather died pastoring. In 1916, 1916, no kind of social benefits in, in America then. My daddy was the oldest, he was 13. That church went in and had a for sale and sold every bit of my grandmother's belongings. My, grand, my grandfather, they said, had a whole room full of study books and things um, uh, from, from Bible college. They sold it all and bought train tickets and put my grandmother and all those kids on a train headed back to Dover because that church didn't want to have to have the problem of taking care of that widow and all them kids. Sold all of her stuff. Hallelujah. My dad quit work. I mean, quit school, went to work at 13. For a farmer somewhere outside of Dover, 50 cents a day. When the sun came up, he was already in the field plowing. The farmer's wife offered him a nice, nice lunch every day at dinner time, but he refused to eat because he know he knew his mama and his brothers and sisters back home didn't have nothing. For a year and a half, they survived. They survived on nothing but sawmill gravy. Three times a day. <laughs> now that's poverty. That's po that's poverty. But you know what? They did not get mad and angry. They didn't think about knocking that farmer in the head and stealing what he's gotten. See, this junk that they're telling you today, it's a bunch of bull and hogwash. It's a moral issue. It's a moral issue that this country, amen, has got to deal with. Hallelujah. He was thankful 
for what he had. Hallelujah. My dad was 52 year old when I was born. You know one reason why that is? He raised all of his other brothers and sisters, put them all through school, and made sure they all had jobs and a future. Then he started thinking about himself. So you ain't going to never get me to believe that poverty and hard times is what causes all the looting and the riots and all that stuff. It's a lie. It's a moral issue, a spiritual issue. Hallelujah. We just feel like in America that we are entitled to this. Well, guess what? Sister Darlene and myself, June 15th, we'll be celebrating our 43rd anniversary. I wasn't 18 yet when we married. I was, we was married in June, and I wouldn't turn 18 until September, that come in September. My daddy says, boy, says, I'll go ahead and sign the papers. He said, if you want to, if you think you're ready to get married. He said, but you got to understand, you're taking on responsibility. He said, and the world does not owe you a living. I fared a little bit better than my daddy. I got a job and went to work. I wasn't making 50 cents a day. I was making a dollar and 80 cents an hour. Hallelujah. I was king of the road. But you know what? I took on the responsibility. And I realized that I did not have no entitlement from nobody. Hallelujah. Church, we got to realize, even though God has gave us a promise, there's still battles that got to be fought. Don't ever get that out of your spirit. Hallelujah. God may have promised you something, but that, he did not tell you that in that promise that you would not have to fight for it. The children of Israel, <laughs> they, they, they were fed manna and quail for 40 years. But once they crossed over in the promised land, and we'll get to that later on, but after they got over there and they got their land of promise, the manna stopped. They couldn't just get out there and just pick up their manna no more. The Bible said it shut down. You're in the promised land. You got it now. You're going to have to plant. You're going to have to raise your crops. God says, I'm not going to feed you. God said, I've blessed you. I've helped you defeat your enemies. Hallelujah. It's kind of like when, when Peter was in the prison. The angel come in, hallelujah, touched him, touched him on the shoulder, says, rise up. He rose up and the chains fell off. The shackles fell off his hands and feet. But then get this, the angel says, dress yourself and come on. Huh. Lord God, the angel said, look here, 
I, I, I've, got, I've got the chains off of you. He said, I ain't about to dress you. You're going to have to put your own clothes on. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. Church, we've got to realize we've got some battles to be fought. And I'm, I'm going to pick up from here, Lord willing, tonight. And unless, unless we have a good Holy Ghost shouting time and I can't preach, but if that happens, then we'll pick up next Sunday because this is a series. Hallelujah. Amen. We've got to have some courage. We've got to be strong in the Lord and take courage.